Podcast episode number thirty-seven. Well, we're back. It's been Hi. a long time. Hey, everybody! It's been a few months. It's been a minute. How's it everyone doing? How's everyone doing? Oh, this we're gang's all here. We're all doing great. Good, yeah. good. Here at V to V headquarters. Good. Yeah. Good. But apparently I'm a loser. I just you are a loser. You're a loser. I found out that I was a loser, so I deleted the whole whole chat from the person who called me a loser. I just swiped, just, I swiped left immediately when I saw that. Aw, aw, aw. Well, yeah, because so, I, I, so, I couldn't take the heat. Yeah. Get out and the then, kitchen. Uh, Get out the kitchen. I, I, in fact, I, I read that message while I was in the kitchen, and I immediately yeah. left the kitchen. <laughs> I, I was like, which is actually true. That's a true statement. So we uh, almost have Stoya, but didn't have Stoya today. Okay, so the deal with that is, is that uh, today, well, she gave me three three dates to choose from and I picked the early date and then she said oh I have a doctor's appointment yeah. that day and I'll let you know and then, and then she did let me know yesterday and said what about noon and I said noon sounds great and then uh, a little while later she said noon won't work right so apparently we're going to reschedule in a week or two and uh yeah, I have a bunch of questions in my head to ask. You know, I'm like, want to figure out what uh, what feminist porn is to revisit that whole idea. Yeah, and to ask about oh, is so is. Pornography, the rap music of like visual media, like for instance. So if, if there's a, a rap song and, and, and the guy's rapidly rapping it up, people have a tendency to take the lyrics as being more literal or more real or more um, relevant to that person's actual existence than if someone was singing a song. Uh, nobody thinks the singing guy is means it, right? Right. right. So right because if you have right. So if you have a movie and there's sex in the movie. Simulated or real or whatever, no one really believes that those characters are really those people. They know they're actors. They know that it's pretend. 
but yeah. if you look at it, if you look at sex films, people are like, oh, well, that's real, the real thing. That's how those people really are. Uh, so that was a, something I wanted to ask, you know, is that, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of liken it to gladiators of this day. They're more modern era gladiators at this point as well, in many ways. Porn stars. Right, and it's very technical. The whole production, it's uncomfortable. It's a lot of takes, a lot of stopping and starting and, uh, yeah. You know, per, like production porn is, it's a great illusion. You know, there's yeah. so much that's cut out and, and you don't see and, and it, it's all very, uh, put together and produced. Uh, right. Cause I read an article from her regarding people, uh, being misled into using, uh, porn as, um, uh, as educational. Like, right. And her take on that is don't. It's, it's not, it's not educational. It's all very, very produced and put together and, yeah. And you can't duplicate that right. in r- real life. Like it just won't right. work. Right. So that was interesting too, because, um, <coughs> do the producers of this stuff have bear any, any sort of responsibility. I'm not saying yes or no to that, but then you look at like the, uh, like a Fast and the Furious movie and you're not encouraging people to drive recklessly and fast, you know, when right. you're making that movie. It, it goes back to the thing with the rap music again. Like, it's, why are people putting so much emphasis on the reality of it when it's all fake? Like, all right. It's all pretend. Right. So is it because it's sex? Is it because it's like, that's really happening? Sort of? I don't know. Well, because, because visually you're seeing something, visually you're seeing something so graphic and so not seen that it seems real, you know? But it's I, like I don't the know. most seen thing though. Like it's, you know, no. it feel like a, mur- like a murder movie or whatever, like serial killer or like, horror movie and you're like that's the thing that's unseen like kids you don't go around seeing like brutal gory murders all the time Um, it's true it is true but sex is like a thing you know it's like exists (laughs) (laughs) so uh so yeah you're a you're a poor substitute for uh, a a smart cute literate uh, porn star, but you know, uh, how, how dare hey, you? Hey, hey that, listen why to you me. Say these things. Listen to me. Why do you say these things? You hurt me. I am just trying to perform on the camera and stretch the gate hole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, I've been kind of watching a lot of Barrett Brown lately. And Barrett right. Brown's been doing some interesting things. Um, yeah, he burned his certificate. What, what's going he on? Did I don't he did indeed. He did. Got a certificate or some award. He got an award. 
he did get an award. He got a National Journalism Award for writing for The Intercept when he was in prison. And okay. he burned it. And, um, well, his, he's, he's kind of on this crusade at the moment to expose journalists and editors who are hopelessly inept and doing damage rather than doing good. I think that's uh, a really good thing. I think it's an amazingly important thing. Um, yes. so this is why he said this was necessary. Number one, leaked internal emails of and Laura Poitras' account of Intercept's move to close down the Snowden archive without telling Snowden with bonus material on why the editors aren't qualified to assess if it's still worth going through. Number two, that time Sam F. Biddle was tricked into running a demonstrably false propaganda narrative from an admitted FBI informant who was secretly working for F.B. H.B. Gary to get me in prison. Congrats. And who spied on the teenage daughter of my old girlfriend? Mm. Number wow. three, that time, that time the same people who closed the Intercept Snowden Archive last month told I was wrong about H.B. Gary meeting with Apple and Google without having seen the emails in question. Number four, the Time Premier Intercept editor John Cook let Adrian Chen write his sixth article on me while I was imprisoned under gag order, order, claiming I'd somehow made up Mexican kidnapping, which he'd already admitted not to really believe on tape. Number five, that time John Cook shut down Empty Wheel, who's another journalist, when she was yeah. reporting on Section of 702, because it sounded like a good idea, even if it were questionably legal. Later, when it was reported elsewhere, Intercept asked her for her help in understanding it. Number five, I mean, number six, that time when John Cook, as editor of The Intercept, Intercept when it was covering my census, kept quiet about the highly relevant information that his writing partner, Adrian Chen, had tried to buy stolen emails from the same FBI informant involved in my case. Number seven, that ongoing time extending into now where numerous reporters and editors who are aware of this incident have continued to keep their mouths shut despite massive relevance to DOJ prosecution of Chelsea Manning and Assange and whoever comes next. So basically, to take this back a bit and kind of explain and unravel it, Barrett Brown was a part of Anonymous or whatever Anonymous was back in the day, which was sort of a series of on online relationships that involved different people who had different sort of skill sets and were able to bring different things to the table for achieving goals in sort of helping and activism. And at that time, Anonymous was kind of active in Tunisia and Egypt and their revolutions and setting off their revolutions and helping the people on the ground and fighting the government. Um, one of the things that happened was in 2011, at Christmas of 2011, 
Strat 4, which was a private intelligence firm, was hacked. And within that hack were these emails that Barrett Brown was prosecuted later for, for posting a link of. But inside of these emails was sort of these conversations between different private intelligence firms about tools they were developing and things that were going on. And one of the, one of the private intelligence firms was called Palantir. And Palantir was recently brought up in the whole Cambridge Analytica thing. Hmm. And Cambridge Analytica was highly involved in the Brexit sort of, uh, vote. So they okay. kind of were a part of uh, dismantling democracy in the UK. And Palantir was who provided Cambridge Analytica with the scraped sort of uh, Facebook profiles of people who would be uh, pro-Brexit so that they could target them and get them to vote and get them out to vote. Right. And so... When we sort of unraveled this, Barrett Brown tried to get a number of high-level journalists to uh, expose Palantir and the things that were going on within Palantir and sort of these other private intelligence firms during 2011 when he was being prosecuted mm -hmm. and eventually jailed or in prison. And... Um, so he kind of reached out to a number of people while in prison who gave him sort of like thumbs up and said they would do something about it. One of those people was definitely Glenn Greenwald, who is the guy responsible for writing all the articles on Snowden right. and, and sort of responsible for leaking what we have of the Snowden leak, which is very little, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> this was kind of of utmost importance for all of us in the general public to know. And Barrett's attempts to get even, you know, the New York Times to cover this have gone sort of uh, without any response from the New York Times or anyone at all. They're just not interested in it. And, you know, for whatever reason. But really... You know, it was probably the most important story that could have been covered at the time because it would have helped with what happened with our election. Because oh, clearly, it's, you're right. It's because, still very because, yeah. Because clearly, our election was tampered with by the same people, which means there is an internal war going on, or someone is hiring private intelligence firms in this country to play a uh, a part in dismantling our democracy and our ability to be democratic in election. Right. So, it, so these well-funded private firms, yeah. you have to wonder who's funding them. That's an important part. Like what yeah. agenda is, uh, the money coming from, um, so, so going, all going, the going, Russia, Russia, Russia stuff, right? All of that, yeah, yeah, is 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 so much less important than what's going on internally 
with Correct. these with these private what I don't even know what what to call them like. Well, basically, like, essentially, if you think about it, they have the same power as the CIA. They have the same ability as the CIA. And they have a hold of these, these tools, like Roma's coin and, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember the other one that, that he exposed, Barrett exposed during that hack, but there were two mm-hmm. sort of tools, and they were both, Roma's coin was interesting because Roma's coin seemed to be working with, uh, like, gaming, uh, apps like Zynga Poker. Yeah. And they were trying to gather, uh, information by scraping information from users of those apps to gather right. information on people to use in whatever way. Uh, the other one, oh, the other one was, uh, Persona Management, which hmm. is fucking terrifying and it's basically where one person can set up a sort of AI to create multiple fake accounts on social media and those accounts have the ability to tweet for years or you know post for years Hmm. um, using sort of the same cadence in the same sort of mannerisms that they used from the very start. So it's almost yeah. indiscernible. Right. Um, so you wouldn't know if you were talking to someone who was real or not. And you so wouldn't... This is, you would, and this, you're right, this right. Was, I get it. This was definitely... Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. I'm constantly joking, like, as a side note, I'm constantly joking with... A friend of mine about his online dating in endeavors and every anytime anytime a new woman pops up my line is oh it's a bot yeah and he's like it's not a bot they're I'm having a conversation and and that got, kind of goes to the heart of what you're you're saying like you can have conversations with this this AI and and they will respond in a characteristic manner that seems real and and because they will also uh in real time scrape you and yeah and we'll be able to shoot back relevant information about yourself that you will in turn respond to so they can constantly gather you know, more and I mean, that's only, it seemed it seemed more and that's more only, real. That's, that's like only a part of what the, what it's doing. Right. But yeah, but yeah, right. yeah, I mean, it's 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 on a very superficial, superficial, seemingly inconsequential level. Even yeah, the most innocuous <clears throat> like Tinder or Bumble profile may very well be not a human being. Correct. So, Correct. so when you have all this power of, with funding and trained professionals and, and computer programmers who really know what they're doing, I can easily see how these fake personas could live on for years and years and years and, and seem as real as anybody. Absolutely. Right. Right. So yeah. anyway, going on, Barrett, 
Barrett then began this week to expose emails that he got from lawyer Laura Poitras, who mm-hmm. was a massive part of the Snowden exposing expose and okay. was the documentary maker of the Snowden uh, documentary when she went to go meet him in Russia with Glenn. Right. Um, he exposed emails that basically said that they were shutting down their uh, their research area for the Snowden files. So basically all of that is just going away. So none of us will ever see any of that. Right. And, and that, that the, the, the cover story for that was that uh, Greenwald got spooked, like, and and so he had to shut it down because he was concerned that he would be in danger of be, being in prison himself. I remember, I remember oh. that pretty clearly. Like, that was the well, cover story. Yeah, from him. So, I mean, like, this again though brings up like uh, what we need for whistleblowers, platform wise. And there is a service called DDoS, which is on tour, and it's distributed mm-hmm. denial of secrets. And it's a site that is run by 20, some of them anonymous members, who, uh-huh. uh, help, who have like a whole bunch of, uh, files up already on that site. You know, from different leaks already. Like thousands and thousands of them. Huge shrubs. So it's already functioning and it's on tour. And that's going to sort of step into gear more and more as well. Because John Carioco and some other people who were whistleblowers and workers in sort of this area doing good things are becoming board members of that. Okay. So that's going to become more of a mainstream thing as well for at least leakers to leak to safely and not be imprisoned. Because one of the things, one of the things that Barrett Brown read on his message last night when he burned that, um, award was he read something from John Kuraku or whatever his name is, who was the NSA, uh, first NSA leaker whistleblower um he read a statement saying that the the editor at the intercept is probably one of the most incompetent editors ever and that no leaker should ever trust him and if you wanted to ask anyone about it you should ask reality winner and a couple of other people including himself so clearly this editor has done a bad job such a bad job that he's exposed the leakers, you know, and yeah, that's why reality winners in prison, and that's right. you know that's the reality of it is that we had a fucking horrible platform to leak to that people thought was safe because of Gwen's work with Snowden, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, well, what I will, uh, I'll definitely uh, post the link. To that yeah. site and and the and the uh, tour link, so people who are unaware yeah. what that is can can uh, use that that browser to access um, the site you're referring to for sure. I'll, yeah. I'll put it in the notes. 
between, I mean, what Barrett is essentially doing is lighting the fire right now, you know, yeah. and he's really pushing, and I knew he was going to do this, and I knew this was coming at some point, because he, he is that kind of person, he's that kind of individual, and <coughs> exposing incompetence within the press is, is absolutely paramount at this point, of particularly course. within the press you know, within the editors who are really doing a demonstrable job to, you know, writers and journalists themselves, let alone leakers, you know. Right. It makes you wonder how many, how many, um, you know, honest, hardworking, investigative journalists are, are feeling uh, completely trapped in their, in their positions when they submit important work to editors who bury it or change things right. or right. just, you know, uh, completely uh, or change the perspective or investigate the investigator, all of that, all of that nonsense. Or, that or, goes print, on. or end up printing propaganda, which is completely false and, right. you know, fucks so many people up you know, in so many ways and makes people think a certain way about something. It's yeah. just so irresponsible. That's, and you mentioned you mentioned um, Maggie Wheeler earlier. That's one of the reasons I appreciate her work yeah. because she's independent and knows knows a lot that she, she has a hard time disclosing too. Um, she knows a lot more than She's willing to state in, uh, about a lot of things, uh, unfortunately, and, and she said as much herself that that if she exposed everything that she's aware, of, she'd be in prison. Like, yeah, and that's just yeah. that's just awful. Yeah, it shouldn't be the, that shouldn't be the situation we're in, but but it, it really is. And yeah, so I'm yeah I'm more than happy to provide any any help. I think her name is Marcy Wheeler. But I'm Marcy sure. Wheeler, that's right. You are, you're, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking of the, I was, I was, uh, confusing her with the, uh, New York Times hack Maggie Haberman, who is, who is quite the opposite. Yeah. She's, she's um, one of the, uh, she's one of the bad guys. Yeah. Like just, uh, Barrett? just awful. Barrett has also mentioned a few other things in passing as well uh one of them being something called the process congress and i'm uncertain of what this is because it doesn't actually exist yet but it's being formed and mm -hmm. being formed by some good people like john karyoku and some other people okay um there's some stuff coming that's going to be quite interesting in the next few years it's going to be quite uh um a hammer in the state affairs and sort of state-run propaganda through journalism's affairs, or just simply, you know, fucking lackadaisical journalism and lackadaisical editing. Right. So now, I, now I understand better your position of of why you've held this position for a while. Like, voting doesn't matter. Right? Yeah. Like. It's not important, but I think you're hitting yeah. something that is important, which is subverting the system with the truth, 
regardless of whether you think it's making an impact, because well, not just that. You have, to, you have to chip. I mean, you really have to chip away at this stuff because and, right. and it's dangerous. There are bombs. There are bombs hidden in the concrete. You know that you're hacking away at that could well. The know, idea. The idea is. The idea is to build a sort of scaffolding around this completely disheveled, falling apart structure that we have. Right. And start to build. And build yeah. in the areas that we can. Even though we probably can't fix the entire building, we've got yeah. to start building around it and fixing it, you know, and, and like repairing. Because sure. Clearly, this is our structure. This is what we have to work with. So we've got to, we've got to sort of fix it. You know, we've got right. to heal. We have our, we and, have our own little Notre Dame. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. exactly. Just talk about insurance scam, huh? Holy <laughs> fuck, right? Cause check it, right? Like, let me divert for a second. Cause, okay, so, wow, they're, they're doing renovation. They're doing a six to seven million dollar renovation. Oh no, the whole structure is kind of fire. Oh good, we have a half a billion dollars to rebuild now. <laughs> what? Right. What? What is that? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, wow. It's uh, you know I I've stayed almost entirely away from. The, like political press, any, yeah, anything, anything like that. For uh, actually, since uh, since Mueller report was released, I I tuned out completely on purpose. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, because because uh, it just uh, you know it was enough was enough. Yeah, yeah. How's it, wow. how's it all going? How's it all going? Like, how, what's it like working at a homeless shelter? You know? Oh, okay. It's it's, it's uh, really rewarding, actually. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know, these people, they... Uh, I, I'm at two different spots. The one is um, for 18 to 24-year-olds. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who have uh, basically come off the street. They could stay until they turn 25 they age out at 25 and the idea is that within the time they're there in this bridge housing um they can put their lives back together get jobs get cars get get lives um right and uh i've met a lot of a lot of these young people are like really interesting smart uh it and it's it's kind of a secret like it's not really a known thing like uh that this stuff is really available and and it's much better than anyone might think uh the other place i work at is for um families and i and the put the other location is houses uh 10 families um in wow. kind of um in, in kind of like individual like suites with their own restrooms and in this big big house and they too are allowed to stay there for an extended amount of time to kind of rebuild their lives and that's also kind of a 
a big kind of secret. Like, you have to, you kind of have to be invited or told about this place before you can, uh, you know, even know about it uh, at all. Like, it's not, there's no advertising around it. Wow. So, um, it's, it's really cool, um, to see people who, uh, once were, you know, super down and out and had no prospects finally being able to, uh, to rebuild their lives. And it's all through, um, charitable funding. No insurance, it's not, you know, insurance based or anything like that. Um, it's, it's mainly, um, church funded but it's not religious so that's that's really great uh no one's no one's imposing any kind of agenda uh and right on it's i don't know it's uh it's pretty cool this and i'm super glad that i'm not working in in drug treatment anymore because they don't have to give drugs to drug addicts you know i don't have to like but, right joke them up to get them off of whatever they were on before and all that yeah um yeah, so that's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty sweet. I find that I'm always at work. That's I'm like so always on the clock, which is also kind of awesome too. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, it's, it's, uh, it's easy money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, that's so cool. Yeah. No, I, uh, I am just kind of amazed that it's kind of, has happened because when I left uh, rehab, I was uh, I was ready to just find any old any old lousy job, yeah, that would you know pay the bills and and a mentor said no, don't do that. Like he go he actually said he goes, why don't you work with homeless people? And I thought, oh, that's I don't know what what that looks like, but okay. Uh, and then, like, within the next week, that happened, just because. Like, it was wow. the strangest thing. Yeah. Wow. The old, so the old lemon tree. I think uh, I'm going to yeah, thank yeah, the old lemon tree for that one. I do miss my lemon tree. How's it doing? Oh, better than ever. Good, good. Good. Yeah. Lemon trees, chicken butt. Good. Dropping lemons. Oh. Yep. Lemon tree is cool. The garden's yeah. good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I got a call from a, another house, and you know, there's a people are calling me for help, which is weird too. <laughs> I kind of I'm into it, like, but whoa, what's going on? Yeah, but you do a good job, though, man. You run a good house, you know. <laughs> Apparently, I run a good house. Yeah. And. uh and now other people are like saying, "Hey, help me too." And then, like, how do I do that? I don't. You know, I'm go, go back to my philosophy of I don't know what I'm doing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Really effective. The old philosophy. Yes. Well, so uh, what else has been happening in my world? Yeah, what's happening I, in your world? You have, a, you have a new puppy, or a relatively new puppy. We do have a new puppy. She's like three months old almost now, and well, she's like ten weeks 
11 weeks now? Yeah. She's lovely, and but she's yeah. a lot of work. We're not getting work. a lot. Of, we're not getting a lot of sleep, and we're t- kind of taking shifts and stuff. But uh, uh-huh. we figured out okay. <laughs> this new thing. Uh-huh. It works out. Um, and uh, that's me and my mom, by the way. In case anyone's yeah. wondering, I don't. I'm in single. I'm in single. To her mama to come along and take me up. Is her um, name Lula? Yes, her name is Lula. Lula Fortune, named after nice. Wild at Heart. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. She's wild at heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very wild at heart. And uh, it fits her well. And then uh, I've kind of stopped going to meetings now. Uh, yeah. I was going to meetings here, but I, I've kind of stopped and I figured that I'm... I'm kind of okay right now. Um, well, you want to know a secret? Yeah. I thought you were okay to begin with. Yeah, I was, but I did need a place to stay in Marcus, and I had no money, you know, and I was starving. So I had no way to get money. So I came there, and I, I stayed, you know, and I went along with it anyway. But, you know, it is Well, no, that's, that's how you find out stuff. You know, you experience yeah. things, and you and you you learn about yourself through these experiences, and you you find stuff out. And yeah, these are things it's that cool. only you know. There are things that only we as individuals can can know about ourselves. Yeah, and, and you know, no one can can tell you how you are. You yeah. know, in, in a lot of ways, you you know you. These are things, there are many things, like, personally, that we have to discover for ourselves. That you would not, you maybe would never have, or never have known, or, or you would have had to learn differently, or, so I'm I'm glad that you had that experience, because I think it was healthy. Uh, I mean, I don't, like, being sober for 30 days was a great experience for me, you know, And, and learning to be sober, I mean, and no doubt I experienced withdrawals the first few days you know no doubt I was you know and I definitely you know even by day 30 I was still sweating you know profusely and having horrible anxiety so I definitely know that I use marijuana for an anxiety based disorder that's definitely what I'm using it to calm you know because I don't sweat the same way that I do that I did there you know right Oh, as long as you don't get chronic or cannabinoid, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we get this right. Cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, where, oh where you're smoking weed and enjoying it and got that high potency. And you're smoking a lot. You know, you smoke it pretty heavy and everything's cool. And then one day you light up and, and you start puking constantly. And the only, yeah. and the only, your stomach hurts, you have anxiety, and the only way to cure that is to stop smoking because it, what it looks like is if people stop, those symptoms go away, but then as soon as they start smoking again, it's instantly back. <laughs> like, they're just puking and stomach hurting. Yeah. And yeah. some of the research, they're not sure what's going on, but, Apparently, 
the CB1 and CB2 receptors are getting all clogged up and and uh, like over like overloaded. It's got that amp. In it. They're getting resonated. Yeah, internally resonated. So so the marijuana, the cannabinoids um, seem to have nowhere to go, and right. and they just build up and build up, and then people get sick. And it's unfortunate. Right. It's rare, but apparently some people are susceptible to this. Um, yeah. Just like anything else, you know, like some people aren't cut out to be uh, weed smokers or drinkers or, or whatever, you know. That's for sure. Yeah. It's just the way it is because we all have, you know, different body chemistry. Yeah. Our own individual organism <laughs> your own time clock. Yeah. Right. I don't like beets, for instance, you know. I'm not going to like. Right. It's just one of those things, right? Right. Don't, don't give me beets. I'll throw up all over you. Oh, they're so good, though. They're so good. I just I don't like them. Right. right. They're too sweet or something's weird about them. Do you like I love sweet dirt? I love them. It's like sweet dirt to me. They're so good, though. These are delicious. I'm growing them, but I'm not, you know, and I, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll eat beets like a gentleman now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, things are cool. Good. I'm glad, man. We should do this more often. Yes, <laughs> and I think I think we should, and I think that I like the idea of of you prompting it. I think that's great. That's what I've been waiting for, actually. That's actually what I've been waiting for. Good. I remember I told you, I said, when you have something to say... Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you're like, whatever. Loser. Loser. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Send me those links. What what link do you want? Send me the link. Send me all the relevant Barrett Brown links. And, okay. And um, I will put them in the notes. Okay. And so we can we can play our little part in... In continuing to fight against the uh, corrupt media establishment, I would I would assume that you could get an interview with Barrett Brown at this point <laughs> because uh, maybe um, after maybe after Stoya because uh, he yeah. he only has been doing interviews with very small sort of like uh, podcast types. I so would like I think you that to pursue that. I, maybe you could okay. make it a pursuance project. What did I just say that? What? Try. We do have we do have a little drama with it all uh, due to Marty and everything, but uh, we'll see. Okay. Well, um, only because only because you're much more well versed in his history yeah. and and you're yeah. well well read of his material. Yeah, and that's all. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So right. I, I think it'd be worthwhile to pursue, and then and then when he denies you, I'll call you a loser. <laughs> How's that? How about deal. that apple? Deal, All Mr. Right. Martin. That's a deal. All right. All right. So that was uh, cool. That was episode thirty-seven. That's we are right. approaching our, our we are approaching our one-year anniversary. By the way, we are approaching our one-year anniversary. 
Yeah. That's super cool. I think it's next week. Maybe we'll wow. do something special for that. All right, cool. We'll do that. All right. All right, man. Sounds good. Okay. Bye, bud. Talk to you soon. Bye.